the hell are you two doing? The revolution with Jim and Trav is what America is screaming for. Ah! Oh, yeah! You are a part of it. One's as bad as the other. Rev it up, baby! You are the reason the outdoors is rising. Go! It's go time! And together, we're taking it mainstream. I don't believe you're seriously considering listening to these men. Welcome to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here they are. This makes me very scared. It's the ultimate! I swear I didn't do it. I swear! Escape. That's Friday night. Look at them stars. Must, Must be a billion of them. I like what he says that. Rodney Atkins. Luke Bryan? <laughs> Luke Bryan. Yes, we've had Luke Bryan on a couple of times. Yes. Yeah, it's Brian, not Bryant. <laughs> There's no T. All right, so ultimate. We're talking about his next door neighbor. Oh, okay, yeah. All right, so ultimate escape on this week's show. We're going to have uh, just a second from now. Cat Daddy. Yes, bunnies. They, they have this weird connection. No, it's bunnies. Lover. Her lover. Ah, uh, she likes the tuna tub. He wooed her. <laughs> All right, so yeah, in just a second, Cat Daddy's going to join us. He's going to be talking about, uh, he calls it his grandkids, uh, his kids with Buddy. He took him out fishing. Uh, so Cat Daddy's going to join us. No, he's going to be talking about getting kids out on the water. Then we're going to be joined by Brian Tucker for High Mountain Seasonings, and he's going to discuss what, Jimbo? How to prepare, once you've got the animal on the ground, how to butcher the whole thing. Yeah, some really in-depth DIY butchering tips and techniques. That's what he's going to cover on this week's show. Mrs. Bunny's going to drop by and she's going to be talking about the new uh, Bog Death Grip uh, tripod. So cool. Yeah, yeah. And it holds not only a crossbow, but also a rifle as well. Yeah, then we're going to have Scott Newby on from Yamaha and he's going to talk about the Yamaha XTR Challenge plus uh, his awesome velvet buck he took there in uh, Kentucky. That's right. It, it's an awesome story. Wait till you hear it. Yeah, and then uh, he's going to tell us how he's going to wrap things up with uh, going to Kansas this weekend. Then he's off to Texas. Uh, for another hump. This is going to be a great show. Yeah, if I was him, I'd be looking for a new job. <laughs> That's right. All right, so let's get to Cat Daddy. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, here's our catfishing guru, the proprietor of the bean hole, and a man with over 250 pairs of overalls, Cat Daddy. I'll never go fishing again. This is in my friend. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Here are the boys. All right, so we got the whiskered devil on the line. Uh, he stole Mrs. Bunny. He's a horse thief. That's what he is. <laughs> now, Cat Daddy, how's it go, buddy? Talk about the <laughs> ultimate escape. Gather all your grandkids. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Put them in the boat. And go out and catch some nice catfish. Oh, oh, that is the ultimate. That's what you got to do right now. It's the perfect weather, perfect time of the year. Spring is for lovers, but fall is for catfish. Isn't that right? Absolutely right. I mean, how much time are you going to have to have during the whole summer when you're working busy and doing other things and get, gathering all them kids and putting them in the boat and baiting their hooks and wiping the dough bait off their back of their head? And, <laughs> you know, it, it, it was just a fantastic time. You know when them kids catch them fish like that, their eyes get big around the 50-cent piece, and you lose a couple poles, and you hear this, and you hear that. It was just a wild time, I tell you. And the catfish was, man, just a-biting. Mm. Yeah. Now, 
Did you catch any of any size? Oh, yeah. We caught some daggone nice ones. Five of them weighed over 10 pounds. Oh. One, one of them five weighed about 16, 17 pounds. Wow. And that was my oldest grandson caught it, and he's just seven years old. Oh, wow. Seven years old. You know, I, I'm glad that you're bringing this up, Mr. Cat Daddy, because fishing of recent became, you know, kind of like in the limelight due to people cheating. Uh, <laughs> but we always, we always focus on like competitive anglers or guys going out and you know what someone had to spark that interest in you you know and someone lit the fire under you got you hooked on fishing you know pun i guess intended um but the thing is if we want this pastime to carry on and to get kids involved in conservation and fishing we gotta get their butts off the couch off their video games (laughs) and take them damn fishing man well i'll tell you what boy you let one of them video players Hook in one of these big old 10 pound catfish yeah. and he'll throw that thing in the trash. <laughs> well, Guaranteed. Because well, I tell you, that young kid, seven years old, you should have just seen him trying to reel that fish in. It'd go left, it'd go right, about pull the pole clear out of his hand. He was screaming, Get the net, baby, get the net. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, you- we got him in good. I mean, them kids had one heck of a good time. Dave, they'll never forget, they'll never forget that as long as they live. Yeah, now the thing is, what you're teaching them while they're out there, of course, you've already got the place set up that you're going to go to, but you're teaching them how to tie knots on hooks, how to bait the hooks, you know, what uh, what sinker to use and so forth. And, uh, you know, those are things that you can't learn on a couch. Oh, yeah. You better believe it. 101 catfishing to the kids. Of course, I do that every time I get them in the boat, which isn't, which isn't enough, but... You know, I, I like to have them in there every day. No, not really. <laughs> <laughs> You're a good- Boy, that group I got, they're a hoot, let me tell you. Yeah. Something else, something else. And, you know, when you teach them kids knots and what size of weights to use and what type of hook and, hey, you missed that bite, keep an eye on them. They got to concentrate, you know. They're, they really get into it. And I'm, I'm just telling you, you know, fishing with the kids is one of the best things that ever happened to me. Oh, yeah. Now, how many fish did you end up catching throughout the day? Well, we caught 16 nice channel cats. Wow, 16? Seriously? Yeah, and you know something, old, old Pappy, you know, uh, all the stuff that was on old Pappy's mind there, okay, Daddy, was uh, everything but the electric flame knife. I left it at home. Uh-oh. Oh, did you really? We had to hand clean every one of them. Oh, that's the way you need to do it, though, and that's how you. But teach you're the teaching them exactly, man. Oh, you should have seen them when we split the belly open up on them, boy. And then, then they, uh, when it was all said and over, they go, "I get to put that one in the grinder." <laughs> <laughs> but you are talking about the cleaning station at the lake, right? <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, no, it's the grinder in the basement. <laughs> uh, now, it's really cool though, as you clean the fish, though, because I mean, you never. know know what kind of critters bugs little fish you're gonna find in there it's kind of like a, a neat science project anatomy lesson um on fish i mean it really is interesting or well, i tell you the most critters hunt. i've seen come out of any of these fish was so we mean so oh. we mean so we mean oh really from the old bean hole oh yeah i mean you know it's still pumping hot out there man mm. you know the water is probably 56 52 degrees, probably 50 by now, or for 48. Yeah. And then fish was just ice cold when you lift them up. Now, two weeks ago, they were nice and warm. Yeah. Now they're ice cold when you grab them, you know, and it's, it's just a sign, you know, of the times are changing and falls here. And, 
Get ready, because they'll be moving out of the bean hole into the deeper water. It'll be a good time for drifting to get a little wind. Mm-hmm. You bet. Hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Cat Daddy. Of course, he is the number one cat fisherman in the state of Kansas. And if we wanted to find you online, where would we go to? www.catdaddyguideservices.com. Yeah, if you'd like to have your grandson or granddaughter go with Cat Daddy, send him an email at catdaddy underscore one at msn.com. And this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we've got Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasoning. That's right, Cat Daddy's going to catch it. Brian's got the Traeger fired up, and he's going to grill it for us. Mr. Cat Daddy, <laughs> God bless you. We love you, buddy. Well, the ultimate escape is no good unless you take all the grandkids and you call it the Great Escape. <laughs> <laughs> Voted Wyoming's sexiest man three years running. Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasonings. I was looking at some of the local processors here just to cut and wrap, say, an elk. I had a buddy who got one down. It cost him $400 just to have things cut and wrap. You know, and it's just like, you really are paying that much? It's, I mean, it's not that hard. The Gunfather is back, and we're better than ever. Meet Louis Tuminero, a firearms restoration expert. I see hundreds of guns coming through here every year. He believes every gun has a unique connection to its owner, and every gun has a story to tell. It's not every day when you can change someone's life by restoring their gun. Big moment. Here we go. The Gunfather Restorations. All new, Wednesdays at 7 p.m. on Outdoor Channel. Are you wondering what to do with your leftover game meat? Turn it into delicious snacks. At High Mountain Seasonings, we have 25 jerky making kits, 14 snack and stick kits, and 20 sausage making kits. That means we have something for everybody. Look for the Bucking Horse logo at a retailer near you or on the web at www.himtnjerky.com. This week, it's the ultimate escape on the revolution with Jim and Trav. Now, kicking off a two-part interview with Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasonings. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. This is part one. Hey, we're back. We're talking ultimate escapes on this week's show. Before the break, we had Cat Daddy on talking about, hey, how about that 18-pound catfish he caught? That was a nice catfish. Not nearly as nice, though, as Brian Tucker. He is whiskery, and he is a devil, uh, but he's cool. He's Brian Tucker. He's the national sales manager for High Mountain Seasonings. Mr. Brian, how's it going, buddy? Things are great. How about you guys? Hey, we're, we're doing good. You know, the interesting part about this time of the year everybody's in the field. I noticed a lot of hunters out this past weekend and some people actually had animals down. That's always a good thing, especially for us here at High Mountain. We love to hear those. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, the thing is, you know, once you get it down, it's it's nice to go out there and hunt. Now, Trav and I, we have always butchered our own animals, okay? Uh, we don't send it out to be done. And it's not really that tough, is it? No, no, it's not. Like, I was... Looking at some of the local processors here, just to cut and wrap, say, an elk. I had a buddy who got one down. It cost him $400 just to have things cut and wrapped. No oh, my goodness. Right. It just takes a little bit of time. 
Sure, if you're going to screw up, you just have more stuff to grind for sausage or jerky. It's not a big deal. It's <laughs> yeah. not like it goes bad. Yeah. You know? Now, let's um, start at the beginning. Like, after you you field dress it, okay, there's two yeah. trains of thought, and, I, you know, it's kind of like 50-50 split down the middle. You want to hang that animal for a while so it goes through the complete rigor mortis stages. So it tightens up, it re-releases, and that's when you really want to uh, start processing it. A lot of guys say if it's cool out, you should leave the hide on. It helps preserve the meat. That way you don't dry out and lose that outside bit of meat. A lot of people say you should skin that animal immediately uh, to start the cooling down process, and it just makes for easier work down the road. Do you think you should skin it or leave the skin on while it's hanging? So I personally skin it immediately, Do cold, you? hot weather, any of the above, because that hide is just a big blanket that will hold heat in. It allows the meat to cool off much faster, and you do get some dry loss. That is very true, but then it helps with that blood to dry up as well, mm. and you don't get quite as much of the gamey taste as you would you know, if, when it's been improperly handled or anything like that. I don't think either idea is a bad one. It's total personal preference. Me, though... I always skin them right away and put them in the cooler. Yeah, now you've got the you, you got the animal. Of course, when you field dressed it, you lost a majority of the blood, especially if you had a chest mm-hmm. cavity shot or an arrow right. or whatever it may be. Now, when you hang it, do you hang it upside down? I do. Yep, I hang it by the rear hocks. I'll cut them off about the, where the kneecap would be, and I hang it there in my cooler. Um, like I said, I'll go anywhere from 10 to 14 days for myself. Some people I've processed for in the past wanted a 21-day hang. Wow. Um, as long as you keep that cooler, yeah, under that 40-degree temperature, you're going to be safe to do it, and it's just a good dry-age product. I also think that, you know, skinning it first helps with cleanliness because after a while, that hide does start to dry out. Well, and, and the, the hair, hair starts to slip. The hair does start to slip, and it gets over the meat. Yep. So, you know, cleanliness is next to godliness, in my opinion. Or a clean deer. Um, yeah, a clean deer. It's just, you know... It's nice having the little toothpicks when you're eating. Uh, I just don't really prefer it. Um, But, you know, when it comes to cleanliness, I think that is a staple. Um, You know, so, you know, do you go, do you hack off all the legs like below the knees before you start? How much work do you do, uh, Mr. Brian, before you start to that aging process? So, yeah, so I, I will obviously, you know, we'll field dress it. Um, in the field, leave the if intestines, all that, so I don't have to bring it home. As soon as I get home, I've got a gambrel system set up outside of my walk-in. I will skin everything, remove the head, you know, remove the legs from the hock or the knee joints on, you know, front and back. And then that way, because those are inedible portions anyways, it allows for more space in my cooler. And then that way, that's all said and done. If I need to, some people say it's a cardinal sin, I'll hose it off to get dirt, debris, mm, yeah. tear off of it, because there's where your bacteria is going to start to grow from as well and then dry it off, let it hang in there for the aging process. Yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the interesting part about it, when you out there and you're field dressing it, okay, you've got the heart, you've got the liver and all of that. Do you save any of that? You know, there's a lot of schools of thought that you just leave it there. I was up in, in uh, Manitoba hunting uh, on Duck Mountain for a big, big whitetail buck. And uh, we got it down. And uh, so I asked the guy, I said, now, what do you want to do with the the heart and liver and so forth he says we don't eat guts it's it's not guts it actually the liver is pretty doggone good heart is excellent uh but what do you think so again that to me is a personal preference thing we don't eat them here i've never 
grown up eating them even with livestock or anything. Generally, hopefully on a, a shot, hopefully the heart's no longer in existence. So you don't have to worry about that. Mm-hmm. But, uh, we leave them in the field. I mean, if there's people that I'm with that I'm helping hunt, guide, however, if they want them, we'll absolutely save them. But sometimes you get those gut shots certain things of impact on the bullet that are bloodshot, you just can't save them. Yeah, I like to save the guts and put them in a trash bag and I take them and then I use them for uh, coyote hunting. That's yeah. what I do. That That is yep. like the... I've heard a lot of people doing that. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, yeah, because, you know, we have cows and stuff and you set them out. I mean, we got a big coyote infestation around here. Uh, and that's really nice because then you can, you know, sit on your back porch if you want to uh, and shoot some coyotes. Uh, it's a good way to manage things. When it comes to essential tools, though, Mr. Brian, you know, when you go to your, your local butcher, they have so many cool doodads and tools and rib spreaders and, you know, different knives and chopping yep. and, and packaging. What are kind of like your essential tools for not only field dressing, but then as we start to get into processing it, what are the main staples do you think, Mr. Brian? So I keep in my pack, I will have four things for sure. Rubber gloves, mm-hmm. um, a skinny knife or, or a gutty knife, one, you know, one in the same or two separate, and then also like a small saw to split the pelvis. Because if I'm not saving a cape, I'm opening it up all the way on the hide, all the way up through the throat. I'm busting the cartilage between the rib cages, open it up so I can pull the esophagus guts all the way out through the intestines. And then that's why the saw comes in handy to get through that uh, cartilage if your knife's not strong enough. And then also to split the pelvis itself, get all that out. That way it's less to deal with, especially like when you get back home. And then for the processing aspect of it, I mean, a decent grinder, a jerky gun, and some mixing tubs is about all you're really going to need. If you're going to get into the bigger aspect of it, you could get a stuffer, you could get a smoker, but any of like our products for jerky, summer sausage can all be done in the oven itself, which obviously, you know, anyone doing at home is going to have that application, not have to spend the extra money on an expensive smoker. And then the stuffers can run you two, three hundred bucks. A lot of grinders have a stuffing attachment. They're just a little bit slower. I stay away from the smaller countertop stuffers just because they take forever to grind. Yeah. And you're usually cleaning up sinew, silver skin, anything like that. But a good one horsepower commercial style grinder, if you're going to continue to do this, I mean, it's, I think a buddy of mine here says, buy once, cry once. And that way you have the, <laughs> yeah, you have the cost and everything for one year, you eat that cost, take care of it, but then you have it for years to come and you're not paying those $400 fees for elk or deer or anything like that. Well, you know, I know that when I'm out and I'm field dressing an animal, uh, you know, you know, you talk about splitting the pelvis. I used to do that until I learned how to, you know, cut around the anus and and be able to pull that up through, you know, uh, on the inside. With it comes the uh, the bladder and everything yep. else, yep. and then you just you know roll all those guts off to the side, and and it's pretty doggone clean down through there. Right, and so like I said, for me, I've just always split it, and that way when I pull the esophagus I, and I get the diaphragm cut, as soon as I start pulling, everything comes out all at once on one pull, unless obviously there's damage or bullet impact on the inside that has caused you know that to be an issue. But Now, to be politically correct, I'm going to say poop shoot. 
Okay, because that's no one. Is no that one, politically correct? No one likes to say anus. It just seems weird. Okay. Well, here's looking up your anus. Now we got to get to a break, Mr. Brian. Can you stick around? Absolutely, fellas. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Brian Tucker. He's the national sales manager for High Mount Seasoning, the greatest season company in the world. That's right. This has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine. H i m t n jerky dot com. Now, before we get to a break, man, what kind of uh, sales? savings do you have going on through the end of the month? So through the month, end of October, we do have 20% off all of our snack and stick kits online. No coupon needed. Add it to your cart. We'll take care of it. As always, $75 free shipping in the lower 48. Check us out for specials, deals, recipes on our website. You bet. Hey, more Brian Tucker right after this. JimandTrav.com. Everything outdoors is right there. Stay tuned. The revolution will return right after this. Meet the most influential wild fish and game chefs on earth. This is everything I hoped and a little bit further as well. From the harvest. If we get one, you know what you're going to smell? Frito-Lay corn chips. Get out the bean dip, dude. To the fork. You've killed it. You skinned <laughs> it. Mike's cooked it. Now you've got to eat it. Savor the flavor of the great outdoors. This is making me super hungry right now. A full night of chefs gone wild. I need some private time to finish these three bowls. Taste of the wild. Mondays beginning at 7 on Outdoor Channel. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Welcome back to The Revolution with Jim. Hold it. Sorry. The Revolution with Jim and Travis back with the ultimate escape. Now let's rejoin Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mountain Seasonings. Presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part two. Hey, we are back. We're talking ultimate escape on this week's show. If I'm going to escape anywhere, I'm going to have some high mountain snacking sticks. That is right. We are talking wild game processing and holes. <laughs> uh, anyways, you know, one thing, um, let's talk about packaging for a second. Then we'll get back into specific cuts and everything. Because I think that is so interesting. Um, you know, you're talking about, you know, buy once, cry once, which I totally agree with you. When it comes to vacuum sealing, I also think that is where you you should spend the extra money um, because it really does help preserve that meat, helps keep it fresh, uh, you know, keeps it from uh, getting freezer burned. Um, don't you agree with that? The, the An essential tool in a good one is a good vacuum sealer. Oh, 100%. I mean, you can buy some of these smaller ones that are for home use. I mean, $100, $200 ones. Yeah. You get a season or two out of them. I've done that in years past. Again, back to the cost of everything. If you're going to continue to do this and hunt for years to come, a good chamber sealer, a good just bag-in sealer, any of those, a higher quality one is going to be your best friend. You don't always have to do just wild game with it. If you're buying in bulk for the family, you can freeze stuff that way as well. Extend that life in the freezer. That way you don't go out there and go, oh, crap, it's freezer burnt, and you don't or something has happened and you can't use the meat and you feel like you've just wasted it. So, yes, a vacuum sealer, 
100% is one of the most essential tools out there. Now, for us common people that use words like anus, okay, <laughs> we don't know all the cuts of meat. I mean, when you go to a butcher or something, you have a chuck roast, you have Pike's Peak, you have a pot roast. You Arm have, bone roast. I mean, there are so many different cuts in to sit here and say, I'm not Stephen Ornella. I don't know every single fiber grain in an animal. I'm sorry. Right. Um, do you try your best? I mean, obviously, you know a hell of a lot more than we do. Um, but do you, did you educate yourself? What did you do? And in, in what process do you follow? Do you try to stick with the staples? So when you pull out that, you know, vacuum sealed bag out of the freezer, you know exactly where it is, where it came from on the animal, how you should use it. Do you try to separate all those meats into those specific cuts? So especially on a bigger animal, I will. For um, Like on the shoulders, I usually don't keep any roast off of those. They're pretty thin up front. They make really good grinders. Yeah. Um, same with the flanks that are, you know, coming down off of the ribs. But on the back legs, hind quarters especially, they're quite a bit bigger. I'll just list them as a rump roast because mm. we tend to, again, make more jerky or sausage. Or if you want a cheaper cut of steak, butterfly steak out of it, you could do the same thing. But I follow the muscle fibers, and I learned that just through trial and error doing it on my own. You can see the seams in there and that's where that muscle group grows and you can figure out how to separate them by just taking your time with a good sharp knife that's flexible and get them separated. Like I said, I don't put like chuck, rump, shoulder roast. I, everything, if I've got a roast, it's off the hind end. I just list it as a rump roast and I know mm-hmm. where it came from. Yeah. Now, when you take and, and, and you decide that you're going to make burger, do you add uh, pork or beef fat to it? And if so, where do you get it at? So I'll do about an 80-20 mix, uh, whether it's deer or elk or anything like that. I'll do 80% elk, 10% beef fat, 10% bacon ends and pieces to mm. the grind. Adds a little bit of smokiness, a little bit of bacon flavor to it. I go to our local butcher shops here, grocery stores, and just a lot of times because they're trimming steaks, roast in the back. They've got beef fat, beef suet. I mean, usually you can get it for less than a buck a pound. Mm. Um, when I have steers of my own butchered, I always have the butcher save excess fat. So I've got vacuum sealed bags of fat in my freezer just from butchering steers too. So any of those um, are a great place to get it just for that added moisture. But yeah, that 80-20, 10% beef fat, 10% bacon ends and pieces. I love that. Any outdoorsman, the stuff they have frozen in their freezer. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, I got some beef fat. I got a little antelope ear in there. <laughs> Throw in a muskrat. <laughs> Once again, hang out with Brian Tucker, the national sales manager uh, for High Mountain Seasonings. You know, you guys have, and, and I'm so glad you guys did this. You have like your 30th anniversary cookbook. You know, people can get online. But you, yeah. you, what you guys have done is you've broken down different wild game proteins, whether it be an elk, an antelope, or a, a, a fish, or, you know, this Deer. or that. You've given these awesome recipes to people that are so delicious. They're, they're very easy, friendly, let's say, uh, for people to make. Um, but you've given them the tools. And I think that is one thing when it comes to wild game, a lot of people don't know what to do with it. Uh, right. but you guys have definitely simplified that at High Mountain seasonings. Right, right. Yeah, that's one of the things, too, from hunting aspect. Sure, it's all fine and dandy. You go up there, hunt, you have to kill down. Then the work begins, and it just can be... And for new people, especially new hunters, it can be very overwhelming 
once you get through the process, kind of figure it out, have, like I said, that's the, been the beautiful part of our product is the ease of use, is trying to make it so much easier than have a quality product in the end. And then that way it's kind of like, oh, this isn't so bad. We can definitely do this on our own. You know, it's not so overwhelming, intimidating to where we're just going to go spend this four or five hundred bucks at a butcher, which if that's what they want to do, that's great. Mm-hmm. But then if you want to do it on your own at home, it's even better. Yeah. Now, what do you think of, um, how do you say it, sous-vide, sous-vide, where like sous-vide, yep. you actually cook your food in a bag? In water. In water, which I think, you know, turns this weird gray color. Yeah. I, and I personally, <laughs> right. I've never eaten anything sous-vide. I personally, the word offends me. You eat okay? bunny stuff. It's triggering to me. <laughs> um, no, have you, everyone swears by it. They say it is the most tender thing in the world. It poaches it, and then if you don't like the gray color, they say go slap it on a grill for a minute. Have you ever tried right, sous-vide right, or not? Right. I've had it one time on steaks. Uh, <laughs> family friend had us over for dinner, and they did it. The nice part is the moisture is there because it can't escape. Obviously, it's cooking inside a bag, inside the water. Yeah. Um, the gray color is a little offsetting. That's definitely true. But they did throw it on the grill to add the grill marks, the char marks, and it tasted. I mean, it was great, but I didn't go out and buy one myself. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We well, you know one of the things that that uh, Bunny does, and you've heard her talk on the on the show before. I mean, she has this. It's called one pot, is it? Yeah, it's a one pot. It's like a crock like pot a on pressure cooker. Crack, yeah. Yeah. And oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instapot. Yeah, yeah Instapot. Instapot. Thank yeah. you. And and she can take some of those lesser cuts you talk about, put the high mount seasonings in there, uh, and make a whole meal and one time with this. But the thing is, yep. to take those lesser cuts of meat, you've got to bring the flavors up. And the only way you can enhance those flavors is with high mount mm-hmm. seasoning. Yeah, my wife and I use ours sometimes. Um, and it's you can do a... I mean, I've heard of people doing ribs in them. I mean, mm-hmm. I'm traditional. I'd rather smoke them on the grill or the grill, put the trigger out back. But uh, there's so many options with that, and it makes total sense. Pulling that seasoning with that pressure cooker through those lesser cuts of meat, mm-hmm. it's going to also tenderize it at the same time and give you a very good seasoned product. Yeah, that's an excellent idea. Yeah. Now, um, I want to get back to your products for a second. You guys came out with your summer sausage variety pack. Um, mm-hmm. you know, cause I mean, making summer sausage is so much fun and you can do it with pretty much anything you want. Now, what all flavors can we mix and match? Like, is there different bundles with your summer sausage variety packs? So the summer sausage variety packs, we have four traditional flavors already. The original jalapeno, cracked pepper and garlic and hunter's blend. You know, the original kind of stands on its own. You know, yeah. people kind of know what to expect with that. Um, this is where a little bit of the unknown intimidation process can come in for newer people or people who have never done summer sausage. The jalapeno, cracked pepper, and garlic, and hunter's blend, mm. they're all included in a variety pack box where you can make 15 pounds of each. That way you can try it, figure which out which one of the three flavors you like aside from the original. Then you can go back and buy that specific kit itself. There's so much stuff you can do. And, and you know what? I would say that this is the perfect thing to be buying right now for like a Thanksgiving oh, yeah. present, a Christmas present. Or a plane ticket for Brian Tucker to come to your house. So Brian can come cook for you. He won't sous vide anything. Um, <laughs> no, unless you have a grill. Now, if we want to learn all about your products, you guys are always having specials and different sales going on and uh, releasing new products. 
products, man. Where can we find you guys online? So check us out at our website at himtnjerky.com. Recipes, products, specials. You can sign up for our newsletter, which will give you an email once a month with our new special, with a recipe, anything like that. You can also check us out on our Facebook page. We're always doing fun stuff on there, too. You bet. Hey, uh, after the break, we have got Mrs. Bunny, and she's going to do a buyer bus today. Exactly. This has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Again, Mr. Brian, God bless you. We love you, buddy. Thanks, guys. Have a great day, and enjoy the rest of the week. You're on The Revolution with Jim and Trav. I'm liking this. Continue. Don't move. The Revolution will be right back. Discover the primal joys of cooking fresh wild food over an open fire. For decades, Grandma used to throw the pheasant into the crock pot. Well, guess what? The food world has evolved, and so should your cooking. Lifelong outdoorsman and gourmet chef Andrew Zimmern demystifies and simplifies the entire process. Sounds complicated. Very, very easy. Andrew Zimmern's Wild Game Kitchen. Monday nights at 9 Eastern on Outdoor Channel. Pretty cool, huh? Welcome back to the revolution with Jim and Trav. Talking the ultimate escape. Now, here's the one and only Mrs. Bunny with Buyer Bust. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Hey, we're back. We're talking ultimate escape on this week's show. And before the break, we had Brian Tucker, National Sales Manager for High Mud Seasoning, told us all about how to work up game after you harvest it. And now the ever-lovely Mrs. Bunny is here. That's right. She's got game. She's Mrs. Bunny, and she got back, baby. Uh, Mrs. Bunny, baby got back. Mrs. Bunny, how's it going? Going great, guys. How are you? Doing pretty good. All right, so this is by our bus. Yeah. Uh, so we try things. We like to stick to things that actually work because there's more crap that doesn't work. True. And so why focus on things that is just junk? Uh, we leave that to other people. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we can say, all right, so buyer bus, we're talking about the bog death grip shooting tripod. Now, I'm a yes. huge fan of shooting sticks. I am, too. I think that when it comes to everybody always talks about you need to make the most ethical shot possible, which I truly believe in as well. When you take out the human element of um, as much... Uh, sway and as much shaking yeah. and everything as possible, you're going to make a better shot every time. So regardless of whether or not you're using a monopod, bipod, tripod, there's a certain element of uh, stability that you can't get when you're just shooting offhand or even like if you're using the cradle of a tree or a post or anything like that, having a good set of shooting sticks makes a massive difference in your um, precision of your shooting. Yeah, I always thought it was stupid when people, I, I understand why they use a monopod, but, like, are you joking me? Like, I just think they're a complete waste of time. I think bipods are a waste of time. Tripod is the way to go. But I, it, gives, it sure gives you the most stability, you know? That, that's the truth. It's not that much heavier to carry. No. It really isn't. Most of the time, you're going to use it as, like, a walking stick. Anyways, all right, so let's get to the bog death grip, and let's first get into the reason why it's called a death grip, okay? So I would say that with any set of shooting sticks, you're going to have your three-position uh, legs, right? They're all going to telescope like that's nothing new. Yeah. The the thing that makes this death grip the best shooting stick in my mind is their death grip clamping system. So at the top of your shooting sticks where a lot of times 
you just have the V shape that holds the barrel of your gun. Instead is their patented clip and it is rubber lined and it is operated with a um, knob and so you put your um, gun in there or your uh, even your crossbow. It opens wide enough and then you can twist it down and cinch it down and it is strong enough that it will hold your firearm or your crossbow. The rubber makes sure that it doesn't mar up the barrel of your gun or anything like that and um, then your tilt adjustment um, then can be tightened and snug down as well. So let's just say you're hunting from a more elevated position. You're hunting and you're uh, looking down a hill a little bit at a, at a deer or something like that. You get your, your tripod all set up. You uh, get up on it where you know that you're going to be pretty much positioned exactly where you want it. Then you tighten this down and it holds that gun or that crossbow completely and exactly in place. That way, um, as you're glassing, as you pull away, it's hands-free. It'll hold your gun in the exact position. You can glass or whatever, and then you can come back to it, and it's in the exact position that you need it to be. Yeah. Now, the reason why it's called a death grip is because it holds it so tight? It holds it so tight. So well, I think what's cool about this is that um, we've had a um, set of shooting sticks before that has the same idea, but instead of having a clamp-down system, we actually had to modify our rifle, drill it out, put a Picatinny-style attachment on it, and then um, it mounted to a ball system, which is great. Oh, I mean, it was nice. a nice set of shooting sticks. It's a really nice set of shooting sticks. However... You have to modify your gun. You have to get um, the extra accessories to make sure it works. And the, like the the Picatinny mount is not included with the shooting sticks itself. And so in this case, it eliminates all of that by having everything all in one, and you don't have to modify your gun either. This thing clamps down tight enough that it can hold your firearm, your whether it be your shotgun, your rifle, or it can hold a crossbow too, which most shooting sticks don't have the ability to do all of them and do all of them well. Yeah, you know? so- and so this holds it really tight. So you're going to get tilt adjustment, um, you get your leg angles anywhere from 0 to 85 degrees, you get your pan adjustment 360 uh, degrees, and then on top of that, um, the uh, adjustment with your legs, you get 20, 45, and 80 degree angle adjustments, and that means that if you take your um, legs and you set them all to 85 degrees and you put them on the bottom of the ground, you can get as low as 7 inches from the ground, which is great for prone. If you put them all at a 20 degree position, you can get as high as 59 inches. I don't think I'm 59 inches tall. So <laughs> I like for, for people who are taller, that's like, that's great. So you can do anything from standing, kneeling or prone positions because there is enough adjustment within the legs and within the angles on the legs that you can do that. Yeah, actually, I probably should get those because Travis says I'm unstable. He's unstable. <laughs> That's just the drinking, though. Okay? Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's the shakes. Jimbo, you could put your foot-long uh, Coney Island oh. dogs in there. And Jimbo likes to eat it from both ends, so you could swivel this. And you, you could. could turn it you from could. your blind. This is like Lady in the Tramp situation. You can yep. get your wife on one side, and you can eat the hot dog off the other side. She better that. not eat my hot dog. She, yeah. <laughs> she calls Jimbo the Tramp. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Mrs. Bunny, where do we have to go to find the Bog Death Grip shooting tripod? This is really cool, and this would be a great gift uh, for someone that's a bad shot like myself or a kiddo, you know? Yeah, well, it's boghunt.com. I'm sure you can get them at all the major retailers and stuff, but you can um, see the video and everything online at boghunt.com. 
and uh, check it out. Great uh, piece of equipment to add midseason to your arsenal. It's not going to change anything up as far as what you have to do. It's just going to give you more stability. So. It's like from 170 to 250, depending on the model you get, right? Yes, absolutely. Go with the aluminum one. That's right. <laughs> the aluminum. All right, so uh, this has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sports Channel, World Fishing Network, and my Outdoor TV. I'm sure you could hop on uh, Outdoor Channel and find reviews about this. Probably, probably. Yeah, I'm guessing. So, Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next, we got Scott Newby. He's Yamaha's ATV and side-by-side senior communication specialist. That's right. He's a big buck slayer from Kentucky via Georgia. Kills snobber lockers. Snobber lockers? Snobber knockers. Lock it down. What do we say, guys? Buy it. Buy it. Buy it. They don't even advertise with us, and we say buy it. They should send us one. All right, we got to get to a break. We will return right after this. Baby got this is the revolution with Jim and Trev. People are tweeting about this? Well, yeah, and they're also on social media like... Facebook? Yep. Well, it's called the internet. Plus, you can drop us some valuable feedback and help us sculpt the sound of the show at JimandTrav.com. How is that not obvious by now? Well, you'd be surprised how many times we have to remind people, don't move. The revolution will return after these short messages. Experience the global hunt for adventure. All of a sudden, there's like 30 bull sharks around me. Those are aggressive sharks. With Donald Trump Jr. and the Field Ethos team. I'm going to Colorado to work at a bar and fly fish and hunt. I'm sure your dad loved it. Yeah, we went over a break. They're adventure seekers with hunting, fishing, travel, and conservation embedded in their DNA. Field Ethos, Thursdays at 9 p.m. Eastern on Outdoor Channel. And watch extended cuts exclusively on My Outdoor TV. We're back. The revolution with Jim and Trav is talking the ultimate escape. Now, here's Mr. Scott Newby, Yamaha's ATV and side-by-side senior communication specialist. Brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. Here are the boys. Hey, we are back. We're talking Ultimate Escapes on this week's show. Uh, before the break, Mrs. Bunny came out with a great buyer bus. But now we got the big buck slayer, Mr. Scott Newby. He is Yamaha's ATV and side-by-side senior communications specialist. He knocked a slobber knocker down in Kentucky in the velvet. Mr. Scott, how's it going, buddy? I'm doing wonderful, especially uh, coming out of Kentucky where, yeah, it definitely was a slobber knocker that I knocked down. And I don't know if I deserve that title, but man, it was a good hunt to say the least. Yeah, now you were hunting in September with a bow, and uh, how did the hunt go? It was phenomenal. It was the uh, opening weekend that we had in Kentucky. We're kind of central Kentucky, Lawrence, Lawrenceburg area. Um, it was me, Wade Middleton, and another guy, Josh Dalkey, that's with Hunt Stand. And it's crazy. I mean, we've gone to Kentucky a few years now, and you know, the last couple times for me, it's just been ups and downs, but not even a shot opportunity at all. And no joke this year. All within like a matter of, I swear, 30 minutes, we ended up knocking down our deer opening night. And uh, it was just, we were all blown away that it happened as it is. But then for the rest of the week, we're still kind of like, all right, well, what do we do? But you yeah. know, we're just kind of living the glory of having such huge deer, that, especially ones that were in velvet, too. I mean, phenomenal experience. Yeah. Now, you were um, up at a tree stand sitting over a, a bean plot that they had put in. Beautiful wooded area. Um, one thing I'm going to jump forward for just a second because it really stood out in my mind as I watched this hunt, you know, unfold. You stood at draw for how long? I mean, I know the camera cut away and you're, you're videoing the deer and there's a lot of movement. There was another buck with him. It seemed like you were at full draw 
for like three or four minutes. How long was that? Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, we had the, the salt river behind us, a little bean field in front of us. And this time they, they cut it way down to a small area. But uh, when they came in from behind, they were milling about for a while. The whole bunch of bucks actually were just kind of out of sight, out of the distance. But then my one shooter finally came right out in front of me. And he was totally broadside. So I just drew back. And then the buddy that was with him, they just, oh, you know, first of the year I'm going for, also he turns the face with me right as I'm drawn. Yeah. Another buck comes in. Like, they just keep on dancing. And, of course, at one point I'm full draw, and the other buck stares right up at me. And I'm sitting there thinking, like, okay, I'm busted. But, yeah, they were so close, I couldn't let down. I couldn't take a break or anything. I timed it when I watched the show again. It ended up being, like, just over a minute and a half. But I could have sworn. It was at least 10 minutes because, you know, when you're a full draw, it's bad enough as it is, but when they're sitting there, like, they're looking at you, they're milling about, and they're just so close, you know, the, the time just slows down, and, and I think that's what kind of hurt me a little bit in the end when it came to finally getting off the shot and not having to be as perfect, but when the adrenaline's going, like, I could have held her there for literally an hour as, uh, as much as I had pumping through my veins. Yeah, now, setting this up, you, you said that this was the opening night you got there and so forth got set up but you're in a you got a bean field on one side you've got a creek a river on the other side and so you're in a natural funnel and is that what brought these bucks in yeah i mean literally it, uh, everything was kind of moving through that one area they would all come in from behind and the salt river just cross over and you know it sounds like they're they're huge horses basically is what it sounds like when they're coming through walking in from behind you and then yeah they just kind of chilled out in the field for a while and and, um, and they just kind of every single day consistently were crossing right in front of that path. And the previous year, the entire field that was in front of me was probably, I don't know, maybe 100 acres. Like, it was all soybeans. And so, you know, they they really weren't had any specific reason to kind of funnel down into one spot. But this year, they just had about, like, an acre that was just soybeans in front of me. And so, you know, lo and behold, obviously, they went directly for that one space, and they were chilling out little road that was just right out in front. And we were tucked in a tree stand that was had a lot of brush over us just because, you know, they, they're so sketchy as it is that the deer out in Kentucky that, you know, you want to have as much coverage as possible. But, yeah, it's, uh, it was just a, the perfect little funnel that they all came through and and they presented himself right in my shooting window yeah now when when people watch the show and you're hunting with wade middleton um you know you got your stand like at five o'clock these guys started filtering in around six you shot i don't know six thirty six forty five something like that but you had this hella storm blowing in at the same time man and one thing though is it looked like from the angle and this is what's really tough you know instead of being a little farther out so you have a nice shot it looked like you were almost having to shoot i mean he was under you like shoot very you know steep angle steep angle going down that is a tough tough shot to make yeah that was uh that was definitely the tough part is that they they i mean literally were right below me to yeah. the point where you can see because they had to kind of have the shock on the same time where they're showing the deer and they're showing me at full draw you can see where i actually had to move the bow around my knee when he yeah. was moving back and forth because they were just at that extreme of an angle but the garmin sight that i have on the bow i mean that thing is a lifesaver because you know if i had normal pins like i would be having to calculate way too many things that my simple mind cannot think of at the same time that all i <laughs> 
to do with that Garmin sled, just push the button, it automatically ranges it, automatically sets that pin up, and I knew that I was dead on whenever I released. <laughs> That's you right. Got- hey, we got to leave it right there. We've been talking with Scott Newby. He is Yamaha's ATV and side-by-side senior communication specialist. That's right, and this has been brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Hop online, check them out, yamahamotorsports.com. And also, if we want to service our vehicles, um, you guys have Yamalube. People can go to shopyamaha.com. Uh, you guys have a complete resource for accessories, oil change kits, whatever you want. I mean, we could find, right? Yeah, it's all transitioned to yamaha-motor.com. Oh. So you can find all the details that you need to or to stick with your local Yamaha dealer and they can just get you dialed into. All right, we got to get to a break. Mr. Scott, God bless you. We love you, buddy. Y'all as well. Thank you very much. You know, the revolution with Jim and Trav is more than just noise to drown out a nagging spouse. Oh, you have got to be kidding me. We're all things outdoors, so you better listen. Often imitated, never duplicated. Stick around. The revolution will return after these short messages. Any adventure, any task, any time. There's a Yamaha Utility ATV for any ride and any rider. See the full lineup at YamahaMotorsports.com. Adventure seekers can start with the trail-tested capability and comfort of the Yamaha Grizzly lineup. For the ultimate in midsize ATV performance, check out the Yamaha Kodiak 450. And for those who mix work and pleasure, the Yamaha Kodiak 700 line devours chores and leaves room for adventure. Find your utility ATV at your local Yamaha dealer or at YamahaMotorsports.com. That's YamahaMotorsports.com. ATVs are recommended for use only by riders aged 16 years and older. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. For safety and training information, see your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. I'm Al Simon, 91 years young. I created Balance 7 20 years ago. At 67, I went to see the doctor for the first time in my life and found that I had medical problems. He told me that was normal for my age. I don't believe God intended us to be sick and old. I decided to find something to bring my health back. For 10 years, I studied pH and how important it is to the human system. Balance 7 gave me back what I lost by getting older. I no longer get out of bed with a joint discomfort. Balance 7 can do for you what it has done for me and many others. In three days' time, you'll feel more energy, less joint discomfort, and clarity of thinking. No doctor or hospital can do what Balance 7 can do for you. Balance 7 is the key to unlocking the healthy immune system. Bring your body back to balance. Order now. Receive free shipping with the code word AL. Go to balance7.com. That's balance7.com. Order now and get your free shipping and a free gift with your order. Go to balance7.com. Use the code word L. Great show, everyone. We just got to get out of here. Man, this is it. Oh, no. This sounds serious and real. This concludes the revolution with Jim and Trav this week. What the hell are you still doing here? Don't forget to drop the boys some feedback and stay in touch at JimandTrav.com. Hey, what a great show this week. Talking about the ultimate escape. And, of course, we had Cat Daddy on first and then Brian Tucker. Yeah, then Mrs. Bunny and Scott Newby with Yamaha. Jimbo, last words, man. Hey, last word is you got to get out there. Now is the time to, if you haven't scouted yet, get out there and scout. 
actually do some trimming on some of the trees, especially if you're a bow hunter, and uh, just make it a worthwhile weekend. Take your kids out there to show them how to do it. In Hammer Home Firearm Safety, uh, just recreate outdoors as a family. Thank you so much for listening. Make sure you hop on JimandTrav.com. We appreciate it, but we will return next week. God bless you in the United States of America. Love you.